Hey everybody, welcome back. This is episode two of the How to Read the Bible Equipping series here at Story Hill. My name is Brandon Stokes, and with us again today, we have Aaron Rodgers, our lead pastor. Hey guys, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, Aaron, thanks again for coming back and getting to talk more about how to read the Bible. Yes. Last week, you and I got to sit down and we talked about what the Bible is. What, how is it composed, and what was the time span in which it was made, and how do we know that it's accurate, all of these different yep. things. Today, we're wanting to get back into how do we actually read it. Yeah, how are we going to interpret the actual words and verses and yeah. books? Like, how do we interpret that into our life? Because it matters. It does matter. It matters greatly. Let's pray, and then we'll dive into it. Great. Awesome. God, thank you so much for your word. Lord, thank you for it being such a light to our way as we are trying to make our way through this difficult, challenging world. Uh, God, you have left us with so much love and joy and hope and truth in your scripture. God, for us to internalize and to just take in every single day. So, Holy Spirit, help us to read this and, and to pull out the truth that you have left for us. It is all in your name. Amen. Amen. So as we get started, we just want to kind of acknowledge the elephant in the room. This can be really challenging. And when we take in all the information from last week, and as we start getting into the details of what it means to really accurately interpret Scripture, right, it can just be a lot, and it can be a little overwhelming. And that's our, our intention is not to overwhelm you with information, but to give you tools to help you read Scripture as best as possible. Yeah, I think the key word in that statement was it can be overwhelming. Mm -hmm. We don't want it to be overwhelming, because even in episode one when we talked about the different parts that make up the Bible, that make up Scripture, uh, and even as we dive in today to a step-by-step -step process on how to best interpret God's Word, all of it can seem a little overwhelming, and we don't want it to be. We want them to be really, really helpful tools mm -hmm. to get to a place that is helpful. Yeah. So it's kind of like this. We were talking earlier. It's like when you've never been to the gym before, right? but you decide you want to go get fit. It's a really intimidating place to start because you walk into this room and you don't know what anything does and what even where to start. Right. And the reality of that is it can be dangerous. You could hurt yourself. You could hurt someone else. I mean, you could cause major damage by trying to use these machines and not knowing how to use them yeah. correctly. I have never gone into the gym on day one after a long time away and been fit right. after a few hours, a few hours that I was there. <laughs> it takes some time it to does build take that some up. Time. That's what we are really wanting to do with this. We want to sit down, we want to take a break and go, these are the appropriate tools. These are the things that you need to know so that when you start, you can begin to build on this journey of being fit and interpreting scripture. Yep. Yep. So let's dive in. The yeah. interpretive journey. We're excited. That's it. Too. So we've mentioned the interpretive journey. What is that? Yeah, this is a five-step process to best give you confidence and to best accurately interpret Scripture of any verse mm -hmm. found in any Bible, Old Testament, or New Testament. Mm -hmm. And you can see on the screen, if you're watching, there's this picture of this ancient times kind of crossing over into modern day. And this is to illustrate this process through these five steps of which we're going to completely talk about today here in episode two of how to best interpret Scripture. But I do want to point out, this is a tool that we have received in our education, and we are happily sharing it with everybody. Yep. It's out of this book that we have called Grasping God's Word by Dr. Hayes and Dr. Duvall, and they've done a fantastic job of making it super simple and easy to grasp how to do this journey correctly. Right, because 
you can interpret Scripture the wrong way. Definitely. You can. So imagine, going back to that example, Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Uh, I, I can't really, in, in my current self, walk up to the starting line of a marathon and say, you know what, because Christ strengthens me and I can do all things through Him, and I'm confident about that, I'm going to run four-minute miles over the next 26 miles. <laughs> so where an appropriate, may, an appropriate translation may not be, uh, I can do anything that I want to do as long as I claim the name of Christ, as opposed to an appropriate uh, interpretive journey of saying what this means is I can do anything that I come up against healthily through Jesus. Right, because that's what that verse means. And that's just a quick example that the interpretive journey is so important to not arrive at a wrong interpretation because we should apply God's Word. Mm. We want to apply God's Word. It has living everything for us. And so there are few steps that we can do to arrive at this place of, we know what it says. And so let's dive into step one. So we're going to be looking at Joshua chapter one to illustrate this whole five-step process. And if you're listening or watching, please hit pause right now. Go grab your Bible and read the first nine verses of Joshua chapter one to help you enter in better to this process. So as you're jumping back in after reading that, we are reading this passage about Moses, the leader of God's people, has died. God has given a new covenant and a new command to the leader Joshua and said, lead your people, be bold and courageous, and lead them into this new land. Yeah, ton of specific information, of which all speaks to the importance of the very first step in this interpretive process, which is grasping the text in their town. Mm-hmm. One short way to say it is just their town. What did the text, the scriptures, mean to the original audience. Mm-hmm. Uh, this process it might seem a little daunting of like, well, how am I supposed to know what it meant to the original audience? Yeah, it can be really challenging because we're not experts of what was happening. We right. weren't there. So how do we start to answer those questions? Surely there's some kind of resource we might use. Yeah, and guys, the simplest solution is to grab yourself a study Bible. So I have with me my CSB study Bible. And if you're watching, we have a picture on the screen that's a snapshot of the very first page or two right before Joshua chapter 1 starts. And it unpacks a lot of these answers in simplistic form of who the author was and when it was written and what their culture was like and how it affects uh, the rest of the Bible and its message and its purpose. And I've even highlighted a few of those things about the importance of God's covenant and why it was written to Joshua and what the challenge was. All of these things lead us to this place of there are really helpful resources that get us the answer to how did the original audience receive this original word. Right. It really helps us in that one of the main things we're supposed to be doing in this step is identifying phrases, words, mm-hmm. concepts, ideas that stand out to us. Right. Go, I'm not sure what that means. And this study Bible jumps into that gap and goes, well, let me answer some of those right off the bat. Let me right. tell you about what was going on. And so it's a, a tremendous resource. Some of us looking at that, like, are there other options besides just the study Bible? Well, there's an infinite amount of resources. But one that we want to share in particular, uh, uh, there's an organization called Bible Project. And these guys do amazing, world-class work on helping you read the Bible. So they take five to ten minutes Mm -hmm. 
and spend an entire little video on each book of the Bible to give its entire message and purpose. And what you'll see in that, once you start to gain some uh, you know, language about this grasping the text in their town, is they answer all of those questions in the interpretive process so that you can better understand it. So let's take a second mm-hmm. and listen or watch the beginning words of the book of Joshua from the Bible Project. The book of Joshua. Let's back up and remember the story so far. So God chose Abraham, and then his family became the people of Israel, who are then enslaved down in Egypt. And so through Moses, God rescued Israel out of Egypt. He made a covenant with them at Mount Sinai, and he brought them through the wilderness. So Israel then camped outside the promised land, and Moses called them to obey God's commands so that they could show all the other nations what God is like. The book of Joshua picks up right after Moses has died and Israel's ready to enter the land. Right, so a combination of all these resources build the foundation for how to understand the context of their town. Yeah, so let's quickly illustrate, like, how do we summarize this step one? Because what we're going to do is grab Joshua 1 and Mm -hmm. actually walk through this process. So the original context of Joshua, the book, and chapter 1, we see that the Lord commanded Joshua. Mm -hmm. He's now the new leader of Israel. And the command and the challenge was for him to draw strength and encourage from God in his presence because that alone was going to be found. Right. He calls him to be obedient and the people of God, the Israelites, to to stay connected to the law of Moses, to meditate on that, uh, all for the greater purpose of being able to be successful Mm -hmm. in the conquest of the promised land of which God said, I have promised it to you, so now you're going to start taking steps in that direction. Mm -hmm. So that is the original context of Joshua in this interpretive journey. So let's move on to now step two. Mm -hmm. The second step is called measure the river. You can see it illustrated in the graphic. This river represents those differences between their town and our town. Because there are lots of differences. There are a lot. And it seems like the obvious thing, but we forget about that when we read this in English, that it wasn't written in English. It was written in a different language, and that their whole culture was different on how they interacted with each other, that the era in which it was written, what was happening during that time, significantly changes how you're supposed to read that and just their general situation. Right. You also have the craziness of the Old Testament and the New Testament being interpreted mm-hmm. a little differently. And so you need to know, hey, what's the difference of the Old Testament covenants? What are the difference between them and the New Testament? It, it's kind of a lot to take in. I love this stuff. I, I find it kind of fun because it's a little easy to say, well, I'm not that. L- let me illustrate. So looking at, back at Joshua 1, uh, you can see that we are not the nation mm-hmm. of Israel. Now, you and I are leaders in the church, but we're not the leaders of Israel. We're not Joshua. We're not Joshua. Uh, you and I and us today at Story Hill Church, and probably you watching online, mm-hmm. you're not taking a conquest through Canaan, right? right? We are not nope. embarking on this new land adventure mm-hmm. of which you know, God has called us to. But no, have we been promised any territory? That's exactly yeah. right. And uh, from the larger perspective, we're also not under the law of Moses in the Old Covenant. Mm -hmm. So these differences are helpful to identify because they show the differences between us. 
and then. Sometimes it's a really wide river, and sometimes it's not as wide. But to identify that, let us know how long the bridge needs to be to cross. Yeah, because we do have to cross, which takes us to the third thing. We call this crossing the bridge or the principalizing bridge. Inside of this, our goal is to find those truths that are true for them and still true for us, regardless of those differences. And those truths we call theological principles. Right. Theological principles. Fancy name to say a truth. Yep. And the goal inside of it is not to just create them, but it's to discover them because they're already there inside of the, the Scriptures. Which is what makes the Bible so amazing, yep. is that we don't have to create truths that apply to us now from them then. Yep. It's alive and it's breathing and it brings those truths alive on its own. That's right. So just to give some quick examples, theological principles should be reflected in the text. They should already be there. You shouldn't have to just cover your eyes and hope for the best and, and just pick something random out of the sky. It's inside the text if you continue to look at it. Mm -hmm. Those also should be timeless. They're not tied to any specific situation mm -hmm. or culture mm -hmm. or covenant. Mm -hmm. They're not culturally bound, like I said. They're relevant to both uh, the biblical audience, their town, mm -hmm. and relevant to us in mm -hmm. our town. And almost most importantly, they correspond and give a high five mm -hmm. to the rest of Scripture, and they're not in conflict right. with the rest of the truths in Scripture. Right. That's such an important part to measure the differences of does this fit in with the big narrative of Scripture. Yeah. So let's continue to do the work from Joshua chapter 1. This theological principle that we can see uh, is to be effective mm -hmm. in serving God, just like Joshua was called to do, and to be successful in the task that we might be called to do, we still should draw strength mm -hmm. from God. He is still the anchor to everything that we need in this life, from Him, His presence, and His mm -hmm. Word, all those kind of things. And just like for Joshua, we also have the calling to be obedient to God's Word, and how important is it to meditate excuse me, meditate on it in mm -hmm. our daily lives. Mm -hmm. It's everything. So timeless truths for them and for us today. And that, that's a huge point to draw out because it seems easy at first, but when you look at some of those things like how Joshua was commanded to follow the Mosaic Covenant, we are not commanded to follow the Mosaic Covenant. And it would be easy to incorrectly draw the line and say, well, if I today follow the Mosaic Covenant to the very T, then everything will go well for me. That's a great example because we even saw in Joshua chapter 1 that if you follow God's covenant, the, Mo the Mosaic Law, then you're going to be great in everything mm -hmm. that you do. And you could potentially open that and say, well, God's Word tells me to follow the Law of Moses, so that's what I have to do. But is that what we're supposed to do? Right. And our culture and our covenant is different in the New Covenant, and that's important to identify as we create that, uh, as we discover that theological Which truth. that takes us to step four mm -hmm. of consulting the entire biblical map. Right. So let's dive into step four. This is one of the easiest to miss sometimes because we can grab a theological principle that we think we might have based on reading God's Word, whether in the Old Testament or New Testament. We get really excited. We do. And we want to go apply it. And that is a great thing. Mm -hmm. But that's why this step four is critical. We have to compare it and filter it through the rest of Scripture because 
when we consult the map, all of Scripture, if we ever find that an interpretive principle that we pull out disagrees with the rest of Scripture or conflicts with it, we have to kind of re-ask ourselves, did I journey through that interpretive process wrongly? Right. So what do we do? Let's say we're reading and we think we found this truth, but then we see somewhere else in Scripture there's a conflict. They, they don't agree with each other. What's our next step? Yeah. And guys, the easiest solution is to consult people. Mm-hmm. Like, we are supposed to be reading God's Word mm-hmm. in community, and there have been so many times that I personally have thought, well, am I reading this correctly? Even recently. Mm-hmm. And I'll phone a friend mm-hmm. and say, hey, I'm, I'm kind of struggling with this interpretive principle mm-hmm. out of this passage and their, their maturity and who they are and I have trust in them. And they speak truth into that and they help sometimes correct me or they help sometimes pull me into a different direction of which I didn't see because I need help. Mm-hmm. We all need help. Yeah, community accountability is extremely important in interpreting Scripture. It has to start with the Bible. Right. But like you said, hopefully if we're all reading, we're dedicated to discovering what is really in Scripture, we're going to be able to hold each other accountable to finding an accurate theological principle. And even if you do this on your own, if you consult the biblical map and see that there are maybe some disagreements or conflicts, it's okay to go back through steps one through three Mm -hmm. and rediscover some things that you might have missed along the way. Again, we don't want this to be too Mm labor-intensive, but it should be a fun process to to uncover what God's Word is saying. And I would argue that the communal aspect of it makes it more enjoyable because you're connecting with people on a deeper level about God's Word. Give us an example. How do we walk through this step using Joshua 1? Yeah, so the rest of the Bible consistently affirms that God's people can draw strength and courage from His presence, just like Joshua did. Mm-hmm. That is not a singular issue mm-hmm. in Scripture from Joshua chapter 1. We see that everywhere David, in Scripture. Paul. Yeah. All oh, of yeah. So mm-hmm. all the New Testament believers experience God's presence through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. rather than through His presence in the tabernacle like it was in the Old Testament. But the same are true. They're both drawing mm-hmm. from Him. Mm-hmm. God in the Old Testament, Jesus in the New Testament, the Holy Spirit, all that. So, likewise, in both of those situations, we are supposed to stay connected to Him. Mm-hmm. And let's not miss the most like obvious one. Staying connected to His Word mm-hmm. is always true. Old mm-hmm. Testament, New Testament, no matter what book you're reading through. So, right. the rest of Scripture affirms that theological principle that we're drawing out from mm-hmm. Joshua chapter 1. It's important to be attentive and obedient to God's Word to act on those theological truths. Yeah. And so after we consult the map and we gain confidence that like, hey, I'm not crazy. I didn't just come up with something that mm-hmm. the rest of Scripture totally affirms this principle as in truth mm-hmm. that is timeless, that crosses cultures, then we move to application mm-hmm. where we begin to ask the question of how do I personally now notice through those five steps, I'm just now asking the question about community. Mm-hmm. And that is important yes. to remember because sometimes we open it up and immediately think, well, how is this meant for me right now? That's not necessarily bad, but in order for you to gain the most helpful interpretation of that scripture, that's why this interpretive mm-hmm. process is important. So mm-hmm. once we get here, 
we can ask those questions of how is this applying to me? Mm-hmm. And often there are multiple applications. Mm-hmm. So let me give you a few as an example from Joshua chapter mm-hmm. one. Okay. Application, you should spend more time reading God's word and meditating on it. So put it in your life more. Listen to it. Have it in your car. Listen mm-hmm. to Christian music. Like get God's word more into your life every single day. Or what if God calls you to some new thing, whether mm-hmm. it's teaching fourth graders right. uh, in a Bible study or uh, you know connecting with your coworkers mm-hmm. or anything that might seem scary or yeah. new or challenging. Whatever your metaphorical promised land is. That's right. Yeah. The, the application is be strengthened, mm-hmm. be encouraged by His empowering presence mm-hmm. and continue to stay obedient inside the truths of Scripture. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're in a church leadership position, whether you're on staff or you're volunteering, uh, realize that successful leadership requires strength and courage that flows not from ourselves, mm-hmm. but from the presence of God. Mm-hmm. And so those are just quick applications that we can draw out from Joshua 1 through this interpretive process. This is so important for us to put all of these things together and start working this into our regular Bible study routine. But as we wrap this up, I'm wondering what other words of wisdom from your experience studying the Bible that you'd have for us today. Yeah, so if you're watching, you'll see the entire interpretive journey on the screen again, these five steps. Mm-hmm. And I can't say it enough. We don't want this to be overwhelming to you. We want you to grow in comfort and ease of it. And I promise you, when you put it into practice, and if you do a little bit of the work, mm-hmm. kind of like the gym days, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. It will become easier and easier. And so, uh, to illustrate, we've been reading First and Second Peter as a church recently, and I know that when I open up First Peter. I, even using my study Bible, it was written to a group of first century Christians in Roman provinces. I'm not that mm-hmm. person, but God's word still has something deeply profound for me. And this interpretive journey is like second nature to me now because I've, I've just labored through it so long and it's no longer labor. Mm-hmm. It's fun and it's exciting and I get them the scriptures come alive and I mm-hmm. see like oh well, I'm not this I'm not Caesar and I'm not but I am this and God's word does say this and the more I interact with it the more the the, the rest of the truths of scripture mm-hmm. come to life and the principalizing truths ring true and it's just exciting because God's word is for you it's alive for you and, and then it's just it's applications for you, and it's life-changing, and mm-hmm. it's just amazing yeah. once you do some of the effort to interpret it correctly. It's just like you said, I, mean, I don't know if there's a better illustration, it's just like at the gym. Once you understand the routine, you've practiced your form, that's where you start seeing the great gains. And it's just the same with Scripture. If you're frustrated with reading the Bible and trying to figure out what it has to do with you, Going back, putting these steps in the process, putting in the work, getting the reps in, practicing your form, all of those lead to greater gains in understanding Scripture and being able to apply it accurately to your life. Yeah. Aaron, thanks so much again. It's been so fun to work through all this well, and to you talk guys. about it. It's always so good. Uh, in Episode 3, we are going to look at how to put all this in and really practically apply it. 
from the very beginning, we've been working from a broad view to more and more specific. That's great. We've done all the labor, and now we get to the fun We've part. done the labor, and next week we're going to talk about how to really enjoy it, how to create routines, and, and give some testimony experience of what, how transformative appropriately applying Scripture can be to your life. Yeah. It's going to be great. It's going to be exciting. Check that out for episode three. For now, before we leave, do you have any other resources or things that we might be able to use to help us in this Great question. A couple things I'd leave us with today. Uh, I cannot say enough. Grab yourself a study Bible. That Bible project uh, online, those videos, is incredibly helpful. Uh, I would even encourage you that if you want to go further, grab yourself a copy mm-hmm. of Grasping God's Word by Duvall and Hayes. Uh, it is thick. It's a actual academic, mm-hmm. theological, biblical textbook, mm-hmm. but man, is it helpful. It's got just gold all through yeah. it that you can kind of pick and choose what you want to learn about. Uh, and there are other resources like more in-depth Bible background commentaries mm-hmm. or just commentaries on specific books of the Bible. Mm-hmm. And these are large books, hundreds of pages usually, that consist of writing only about specific books or verses of the Bible, and they go into a tremendous amount of study that uh, these other things just don't have the time or space to do so, but I appreciate their scholarly work, and I use them every single week in my sermon prep and and even personal life when I want to like learn a little bit more. Super, super helpful. There are some other online tools like Bible Gateway. Uh, I pay $4 a mm-hmm. month. Yep. It's not sponsored, Me but too. I, I, like I yeah. pay $4 a month. And it gives me access to a lot of these things that were just mentioned in a digital format. And mm-hmm. I know one of your favorites is Blue Letter. Yeah, it's kind of that next step. Uh, I am not fluent in Greek or Hebrew. And a website like blueletterbible.org li- literally lets me go in, look at a passage, and word by word see what the original language word was and what its original definition was. All to help you apply God's word. What were they really saying? What did they really mean in that context? So, man, man, thanks so much for letting me unpack this interpretive journey. It's been so fun. Guys, thanks for clicking in. Yep, we'll see you next time.